Welcome back to another issue. I'm Beastie Boy. I'm Table. I'm Red. It is I, Shino Brando. And in this issue, we've been drafted by the UNSC to explore both basic and batshit lore of Halo. So, as I have been, I would say nominated, but actually I was the only option to take us through, we're going to start with the games, and we're going to start in the Bungie era. Because it's best to just get the general knowledge out there so you guys have the gist and you understand just how really weird it is once you start getting into the shit that's in the books. Okay. So Halo Combat Evolved actually came out back in 2001. So it's been around for a while. And to this day, the speedrunning community is incredibly active as far as I can tell. I went through a phase of watching them on Twitch and you know what? Those people are really good at what they do. They have had a long time to figure out exactly what the fuck they're doing. That's very similar to like the battle for bikini bottom people. <laughs> I just grabbed an early like Xbox GameCube era game and just said, you know what? Fast as humanly possible. Let's go. Yeah. And the cheats they use, the cuts, the jumping up into the terrain using two grenades and a rocket launcher. And yeah, professionals. Feel free to go check any of them out. You know who else you can check out on Twitch? You can check out us on Twitch, twitch.com slash nerdcrusade. So the first game actually opens up well into the human war with the Covenant. The Covenant being basically a conglomeration of several alien races that have decided that humanity is an affront to their religion. So we need to get the fuck out. Humanity obviously is like, well, what if we didn't though? Except, you know, unfortunately in this version, humanity has access to slip space so we can do approximately FTL travel so we can get around. We've got colonies, like a lot of colonies. We give them weird names like Harmony. Spoilers. Okay. <laughs> um, Harmony gets glassed. Oh, no. What is, yes. what is, what is, what is, it means like, like, glassed refers to what the Covenant does to opposing planets, which is oh. to say they kill everything on the surface and burn it. Oh. So it can never be inhabited again. Wraith the land. Okay. Mm hmm. Yes. If you think about, like, salting the soil, this is a step beyond that. Mm -hmm. They will remove the soil. Damn, okay. The Covenant is led by the Prophets, which are their religious leaders. The big ones that we encounter in the games are the Prophet of Regret, the Prophet of Mercy, and the Prophet of Truth. Spoilers, you get to murder most of them. <laughs> their species is actually called the Sanchum, but... Because you're playing as a human character, you generally refer to the various aliens as what the humans refer to them as. The primary opposition for both the first Halo game and the second Halo game are the Sangeli, which they've got like these weird jaw things that open up four directions, and they're the ones with the big glowy swords. Humans Whoa. call them elites. They're pretty scary. They okay. Like they were a sandworm. Their mouths do, but they they are armored. They have like three toes. They've got weird hands. They're very tall. Very tall. And they almost always have shields because they're bastards. They were the leader of their military structure until the Great Schism, which... Oh, spoilers, that's in Halo 2. So Halo 1 starts off mid-war. And Chief is on a ship called the Pillar of the Autumn, and it's under attack. Because of course it is. Space reasons, right? Space fight reasons, yeah. And it is their job to, you know, not die. And also to not give away the location of Earth. Because that's, that's called the Cole Protocol. And it becomes, as this war goes on, a very big deal because humanity is getting their ass kicked, generally mm. speaking. And they find out that the Covenant have discovered this ring world and that it spares some sort of religious significance to them. So you go check it out. You know, you shoot some guys, you wander around, you figure some stuff out, and you discover what exactly this Halo ring is because that's what the Covenant refer to it as, as sure. the Halo. Roll credits. It turns out there was a race that came before, the Forerunners, who built all this fancy technology. And a lot of Covenant tech is based off of it. Humanity, not very good at working with Forerunner stuff, though we have surprising access to it, which we find out as the games develop. These ring worlds were developed by the Forerunners. And the Covenant believe in this thing called the Grand Journey, which will occur once they launch the Halo rings. And it will take them to wherever the Forerunners are. Space prophecy. Space mm -mm. prophecy. So mm. that's what they're trying to do. They want to activate the Halo rings. Now, okay. my question Chief, is, what, Halo yeah. rings. Okay, so the significance of Halo rings. What do they? What do they do again? Well, 
Chief and Cortana, the AI blue space wife, they find basically the administrator of this ring, Guilty Spark, who goes, oh, yeah, I'll help you out or whatever. And everything is fine until you come across a different alien thing that is not involved in the Covenant at all. Instead, it is a weird combination of zombie and space bug. And it infects other living things and takes them over. This is called the Flood. And when Guilty Spark discovers that the Flood is present, Guilty Spark insists that the Halo Ring has to be activated and its defenses must go up. And so Chief goes, all right, you know this better than I do, I guess, and goes about it. Until Cortana ends up, they get separated for a bit. She goes off and does computer stuff. And she ends up finding out that when you activate the Halo Ring, what it does, it will, in fact, get rid of the Flood. But it will destroy all sentient life in the galaxy. Oh. That is what it was designed to do. Okay. No, we don't do that. That is generally considered a dick move. Yeah. I would say that's genuinely considered genocide, but you know. I'm just going to put it out there that the Xenocide? naming of the of the Flood is pretty badass. The Flood? Super cool. They're yeah. very, very cool. And their lore is a part of the shit we're going to get into okay. when we start getting into why are the books so weird. Okay. Well, I'm ready for this red. Oh, yeah. But Chief and Cortana destroy the ring. Cool. Good job, folks. All right. Good job, Space Wife. We're not committing genocide today, boys. Everything is great until you go to the second game. (laughs) The second game opens on a Covenant ship in which basically the commander of the elites is getting a serious dressing down for allowing what the Covenant consider to be a holy artifact to be destroyed. Like the ring is gone. There are others, but that one is gone and that matters to them. So this guy gets tortured, stripped of rank, etc., etc., and then given the opportunity to be an arbiter, which is basically a suicide mission kind of job. Mm-hmm. It is he, he will the do suicide squad. His job is to serve until he dies heroically, sort of, you know, falls mm-hmm. in the line of duty. So for Halo 2, you actually play some portions of it as the arbiter. Interestingly, throughout these games, it actually does a really good job of setting stakes and stuff with NPCs. Like in the first game, Commander Jacob Keys, who is, you know, captain of the ship that you're on, he ends up being consumed by the flood. And then you have to go find his corpse and get the command codes off of him. It's very stressful. Flood levels, spooky as hell. Or they were when I was a child, you know. (laughs) No, they were spooky. I'm with you on that. So Halo 2 progresses with, there's another Halo ring. Congrats. Commander Keys' daughter, Miranda, is now in charge of things. Not for nepotism reasons, though it does kind of feel that way at points. Sergeant Johnson is a bro. He is around and he makes snarky commentary as the designated POC. I mean, we got to have one. You get one. Yeah, only one. One. (laughs) Not to give it any credence in exactly like doing that in a plot way, but it was late-ish 2000s. This is still a trope we get to play with and we haven't quite turned around and shown the mirror to ourselves quite yet. It adds back to the one black person in space theory again. There's only one, maybe two. Yeah, he's not the only one, but like, the big thing is that uh, there aren't a lot of actually named NPCs. So, Mm. you know, yeah. So, in Halo 2, the Covenant have found Earth. They know where it is. Cole Protocol has failed. Good job, humanity, I guess. And well, they want to pursue Earth because... Basically, they they have reason to believe, first of all, fuck humanity. And second (laughs) of all, there might be some cool forerunner shit somewhere on the planet. They're excited about it. They've sneaked through Earth's orbital defenses and such and attacked the city of New Mombasa, which is just sort of a background event in this game. But it actually gets a whole game to itself later on. Okay. Halo 3 ODST, in Mm. which you play as one of the orbital drop shock troopers deployed to defend the city of New Mombasa. Or colloquially Orbital Drop Shock Troopers, ODSTs. They are to be the best of the best. As in, you take the Marines, and then the top of the Marines can go off and do this, because you put them in a pod and drop them from orbit. I have a question. Yes. So how does one get drafted into, like, pardon me using this name, but, like, the Halo Wars? By this point, humanity is... We've colonized a lot of space, which, you know, boo Ace Imperialism, but yay interstellar travel. 
as you know, people in shitty situations will often do, they get offered a position in the military, which will get them, you know, off their garbage planet, it maybe pay for their college, that kind of thing. Interestingly, UNSC was actually kind of in the middle of an armed conflict before the Covenant showed up, which is what we'll get into once we're out of just basic the game town, which is also where I'll tell you what the hell a Spartan is. Yes, because that's what our protagonist is. He is a super soldier Spartan, John 117. And yes, they all have numbers and no, it doesn't stop being a dick move. So Halo 2, the Covenant get to Earth a little bit. We successfully kill one of the prophets. The Arbiter discovers that setting off the Halo rings would actually, you know, kill everything and goes, hmm, maybe we've been lied to a little bit <laughs> in our religious teachings. And <laughs> it causes the Great Schism, in which after a great deal of conflict with other members of the Covenant, uh-huh. the Arbiter is able to assist in deactivating yet another ring and leads most of the Sangeli forces out of the Covenant entirely. After which point, they begin to aid humanity in this war. So we have half a shot. In this game, we also meet the Grave Mind. Excuse me? The -hmm. Grave Mind is a sentient sort of collective consciousness that belongs to the Flood. Okay. So this horrible zombie virus parasite thing can and will talk to you. Mm, No, we don't want any of that, but all right. No, please don't talk. (laughs) It it sure will. It talks a lot. It talks talks your brains. A lot. So the Prophet of Mercy gets murdered, uh, the Prophet of Regret gets assimilated into the Flood, and the Prophet of Truth lives on till Halo 3. But the issue with the Gravemind is, the Gravemind is actually not always your enemy. Because the Gravemind has negative interest in the Halo rings being activated, because it knows that that will kill it. Oh, okay. So in terms of keeping those things from going off, the Flood is your ally. Yeah, which the, is, enemy, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Which is super janky, by the way, to play alongside these weird zombie things. Hmm. Unfucking settling. But you do what you gotta do. Preservation, man. The second game ends. Chief heading back to Earth, along with a few other people, the Arbiter among them. Cortana left behind on the Covenant ship that is overtaken by Flood. High charity. Uh, waifu. Waifu trapped. She's a computer, but she's trapped. It is what it is. No, mm-hmm. blue space wide. And at this point, the Halo rings are now rigged to all go off at once from the Ark, okay. which is on Earth, because of course it is. I'm also going to put it out there that whoever's doing the naming convention on on this game knows how to hit the spot, man. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, everything sounds exactly cool as fuck. caked in something. Right, orbital drop shock trooper. Like you just stay up all night just thinking fucking names, man. Whoever you are, thank you. So Halo Three, mm. in which Chief drops out of the sky in a crash pod, climbs out, and immediately starts murdering things because that's his primary coping mechanism, I guess. He he, he thinks he shoots. He he's like, uh, what's his plan? Oh, pff, pff, boom. See? Somewhere out there, Doom Guy is smiling underneath his helmet. Like, I feel oh, something. Of course. Chief and Doom Guy would get along. For sure. Like, I feel something, man. <laughs> also, Doom Guy would no longer be the tallest guy in the room because Spartans are like seven foot tall. Oh, shit, eh? Yeah. Yeah, they tall. Doom Guy would sense the presence and be like, hey, I like this. Hey, you. You like murdering things too? <laughs> Let's rip in here, man. Let's be murder friends. My gosh. Like... We're on Earth now, right? We go. We kill a bunch of aliens. The Arbiter is there, along with a squad of humans who came and found him after he dropped out of the sky. The Arbiter is your player too, by the way, if you choose to run the campaign with friends, which is pretty neat. You eventually get to the main base on Earth. Everything is fine until suddenly everything is the opposite of fine because the Covenant have found it and are flooding in. So you end up having to blow it up, rip the base. You jump around. You end up going to a bunch of Forerunner runes. You find the Ark, which involves some teleportation. You find okay. Guilty Spark again, who is okay for now. You end up, when Guilty Spark finds out that the goal is to destroy the rings, he kind of flips his shit and murders Johnson. What the hell? Oh, shit. No, no. Not yeah. Johnson. Commander Keys, or Miranda Keys, dies in a attempt to shoot the Prophet of Truth. Okay. Fuck and then she gets a little bit kidnapped and tries to bang bang and, alas, aliens. She gets shot right the fuck up it's very dramatic i promise as the game progresses you just kind of first you mostly just fight covenant and you mostly just do standard video game tasks you know activate the tower whatever yeah but throughout the game chief gets all these weird visions from cortana that's literally what it seems like you're just getting really weird visions and 
you eventually go back to High Charity to retrieve her, where she's kind of losing her mind a bit while Good. talking to the Grave Mind, but it's fine. You do end up once more on a halo ring and once more you're self-destructing it and you get to do a very dramatic drive away on a car with the guns. That, the oh, game that's... ends Chief and Arbiter jumping onto a big ass ship into the like the landing bay on the car and the back is a little bit open and as the ship goes into slip space, half of it ends up where it's supposed to go and half of it disappears into you know, very deep space. Chief okay. is, of course, on the unfortunate deep space half, so he goes into cryo and with the agreement that Cortana will wake him up if anything changes while she sends out a distress signal. Earth, meanwhile, of course, just kind of assumes he's dead. There's a very lovely, touching closing scene where Chief's Spartan number is carved into like this big memorial for all of those lost in the fight. Because the the... Prophet of Truth is dead. He dies during the game. He gets assimilated by the Grave Mind. There's a lot of tentacles in his face. It's very distressing to look at. And no one likes that, not me. Which means the Covenant is now without leadership. So there's a lot of splintery stuff going on. But mm. we've almost sort of achieved something resembling peace. Huzzah. Yeah. Pay no attention to the two more games that follow this in continuity, let alone the several spinoffs. No, the Microsoft games aren't terrible, but... Uh. Just say, no, wait, we can't be done quite yet. There's like four games still left. There's a lot of games, yes. Yeah, I would say, if anything, Halo 4 is at least a decent one that came right after. Halo 5, the story kind of got like a bit much and it just like kind of lacked. Weird mm -hmm. and convoluted and unnecessary, yeah. Yeah, to most parts. So it's like, so what they did, I'll just like put it in my part of what I understand, but they did like this mini podcast leading up to Halo 5. Mm. which was, like, an interesting series, you know, talking about, like, uh, this reporter look, trying to look for information about Master Chief and some other, like, you know, the records of Spartans and what everything was going Like, you know, a whole political, like, behind-the-scenes kind of thing, right? And so it was a good lead-up to that, and then the game came out, and if you did what I did, watch the gameplay and, like, kind of, like, you know, cutscenes and everything, it was just, like, the story just kind of, like, started going downhill a little bit, and I was like, right. mm. Just like, falling, just shit in the bed, falling apart on itself. A little bit, yeah, and it was just like, eh. The, the, yeah, the way they kind of did it was like not the best. A table can obviously like it will explain it better of like how right. bad it was, but like yeah. I mean, quick and dirty of four and five. Mm. Go to New Planet. New Planet has weird forerunner technology that is running question mark. There's a giant glowing ball question mark inside yeah. the ball is a forerunner exclamation point. Okay. <laughs> There's a bunch just... of evil covenant here. Did they not get the memo? The war is over, or are they Ooh. just dicks? Carry on. Chief is trying to find his space girlfriend because she disappeared and also is going crazy, but, like, he really cares about her. Chief also brought several of his friends. Blue Team. Other Spartans. Yay. Mm -hmm. There are other other Spartans, but they are weaker Spartans because they were developed later in time. Lip we will get into how that lock, works. Yeah. Yes. They are trying to sort out whatever the fuck is going on and also do things via official channels, but alas, it doesn't go well. Things mm -hmm. get very complicated. Cortana might be amassing all AI in the galaxy to go to war question mark? Possibly with Halo Rings exclamation point. <laughs> oh, so we're just we're just making shit up as we go along at this point. Yes. Mm -hmm. A little bit, yeah. So let's talk about the Spartan program. I want to be a part of the Spartan program. How do I do this? Well, the original Spartans, the Spartan twos, you don't sign up for that. How you join that program is you get kidnapped. As a child. And oh. your parents receive this thing called a Flash clone. Basically, humanity figured out cloning, but, like, none of the clones work very well. So they just kind of die. Okay. So they stole a bunch of kids, swapped them out with a fake version of the kid that would get sick and die within a couple months, and mm -hmm. took those kids off to the worst summer camp you have ever heard of. Camp Krusty? No, no. More like... This is worse. Think military boot camp for 12-year-olds. But also, at the end of the program, they're just going to do a bunch of weird fucking science experiments on you, and literally of them die. Well then. Think like, is it Experiment X or whatever it was the, for X-Men? Or uh, Wolverine? Weapon X. Weapon X? Yeah. So think Weapon X, and then with kids, a lot of them died. Yeah. They enhanced their muscles, they enhanced their bones, they enhanced everything they possibly could, and it killed half of the kids. This program was run by one Dr. Halsey. She didn't yeah. really care that much about ethics, is the general consensus. 
high key, she she a whole bitch, man. Like yes, go on, go on, give me the explanation. Go on. All these uh, incredibly yeah. smart. Like she's yeah. crazy intelligent, which means she's very very good at weaseling her way out of consequences for her mm. horrible actions. A character made for you to hate. Yes. Yes. Once you understand her better. Interestingly, Cortana is actually an AI based off of Halsey's consciousness. So, which just creates a whole weird Oedipus complex, but we try not to think about it. Yeah. Here's the real kicker about the Spartan program, though. Because you can kind of sort of justify doing horrible things to children when the stakes are the human race. Kind of. Like, when you're... Pose... When you're facing an extinction-level war against aliens, you can make a case for it. But that's not what they were doing. That was not the stakes. What was actually going on was there was a human war with other humans. The organization was called the Insurrection. It was a bunch of rebels who didn't like the UNSC. They kidnapped and tortured and weaponized children to fight other people. Somewhere out there, Bruce Wayne is smiling. And they definitely would have gone to prison for these crimes, except the Covenant showed up, and suddenly the Spartans were the only thing stopping humanity from getting their asses completely destroyed. So Halsey stayed free, and continued to be a big asset, as far as anyone was concerned. So those are the twos. The Spartan threes were developed later, without really all that much Halsey involvement, though not none, just way less. The threes were a little bit weaker, they were a little bit lower on all standards but they were a little bit less horribly unethical i believe the, the kids started a little bit older there okay so you know progress versus the four who were actually developed entirely without halsey and they were adults when they went in these are people who signed on to become spartans which is this would be ethically you, speaking, Sheena. Okay. Yes. okay you could be a spartan four I mean, now like, I'm, not, I'm not gonna be as awesome as is it john 117 john 117 See, like, I wouldn't be as cool as him. I mean, I'd be one of these guys, but I want to be that Spartan. Like, like I have to be kidnapped to be that Spartan, right? You have to be kidnapped at 12, yes. Well, then I'm going to walk around with a sign on my back saying, take me. <laughs> the interesting thing is, in Halo 5, the team of Spartans who are following the law are all Spartan 4s. And one of the big scenes that was in the trailer that bothered me from day one was a physical fist fight between the protagonist Locke and Chief who is you know Chief and the way the fight was framed made it seem like they were fairly evenly matched which is just objectively untrue in a straight fist fight Chief would break all of Locke's bones I'm really sorry that's just how it is because I mean like like Chief is like an enhanced being right like Locke is not exactly like on that level well, right? it's more like if you the earlier you did the enhancements, the more you could do without explicitly killing them, you know, except for the half of the population who did straight up die. Okay. Whereas later on, they were both more careful and as a result, less ridiculously invasive. So they just couldn't do as much. And, you know, those 12 year olds grew it to some extent with these enhancements, which okay. also... So they've had experience with it. I mean, hell, okay. all the way to their armor, Mjolnir armor. Also, yes, the awesome names continue. Yeah, you're, but you you cut me right before I can even say anything. I'm like, excuse me? What's that armor <laughs> called again? The Mjolnir armor wasn't actually developed initially for Spartans, but mm -hmm. anytime someone who wasn't a Spartan tried to use it, it also broke all of their bones because they just weren't physically strong enough and it was too twitchy. Okay. So, like, it reacted to too small movements and just broke things a lot. While technically other people could wear Mjolnir armor, it's a very, very bad idea. Risky business here. You're, you're, you're risking it. So now that we've gone through the games, well, the games that I care about talking about, <laughs> I love ODST, but it's not super plot relevant other than, I mean, okay. The, one of the guys in ODST comes back in five as a member of the new Spartan team, which yeah. I'm actually super salty about because, all right, hear my pain on this one. Oh, I think so, I know who you're talking about too. The protagonist in ODST is referred to only as the rookie. And do yeah. you want to know what happens to our dear sweet rookie? What happens to Can rookie? I guess? He turns into the champion through the digivolution? I would cry. <laughs> but no, he dies. Oh, I was going to say, did they do that? He gets murdered in a book. It's murdered in a Ooh, fucking book. Okay. That's savage. They don't even give the man the decency to die in the game. The uh, squad goes after a bunch of... not. He doesn't even fight aliens, by the way. He doesn't die fighting aliens. They go after a bunch of insurrectionists, and he gets captured and executed on a balcony. 
I'm done. That mission is what pushes Buck to go become a Spartan. And I'm like, yeah, 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 shut up. It should have been you. It's not even yeah. fucking poetic, man. What the fuck was that? Garbage. Rude. And like, what I loved about this protagonist, right, was he ends the ODST exactly the same way he starts it. Sleeping in the corner while the plot happens around him. Shit. I've got a question before we go on to some freaking nonsense. Of course. There's like a handful other games besides yes. five. Do I need to play them? So, uh, which ones are you referring to? I'm talking about ODST 2, Halo Wars. ODST 2 isn't a thing. There's just They just remastered ODST. Don't worry about mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Halo, Halo Wars and wasn't Halo comes Wars up a little bit. Yes, Halo Wars and Halo Wars 2. Halo Wars and Halo Wars 2, you basically just play... It's kind of an RTS. You play following a squad of It's Fine. Halo Wars 2, the primary enemy is called the Banished, which is a sect of the Covenant that basically got kicked out. And, so fucking cool. Okay. And the Banished are allegedly coming back in Halo Infinite. So it's nice to know who they are, but not super relevant so do we ever go back to master chief he is the protagonist of halo 4 because halo 4 starts off with him being woken up out of cryo because the ship is approaching a planet mm -hmm. and this is a problem obviously <laughs> yeah <laughs> um he's also the protagonist sort of of halo 5 it's you cut between chief and his team and fire team osiris which is the new guys okay okay right new guys. But that game ends with cortana being super evil and a robot revolutionary and all the spartans remaining just kind of like vibing on a forerunner ship trying to figure out what in the hell they're gonna do mm. evil blue space wife he's become e the borg i get it yeah they've apparently become the borg which you know if she's gonna launch the halo rings that actually makes a lot of sense to me because hmm. the rings destroy organic life they're not organic they should be fine maybe yeah they're good problem solving master chief gotta go like kill the waifu potentially it's very sad Super sad. So, we've talked thus far about the Forerunners. They may, to you, sound like, you know, they are the big, bad, ancient race, which is why the fact that we meet any of them at all is very scary. Mm -hmm. So they're not actually the oldest, like, big, fancy species out there. They have people who came before that are called the Precursors. Because what comes before Forerunner, I guess? And where the Forerunners were... Humanoid-ish, as you see with the Didact. They had some weird powers. They had very, very fancy technology. But, you know, the Precursors were actually like pseudo-eldritch beings. Uh -huh. So the games talk about technological development on a scale of one to seven. One being like, holy shit, what? Seven being like pre-industrial. Right. So the Precursors, well, they were the highest possible level. What was called transsentience no i don't know what that means i did try to figure it out it has something to do with the fact that their technology is based around quote neural physics okay. which apparently means that they can sort of jazz their way around being physical beings sometimes but not too much now the precursors made the forerunners and the forerunners kind of made humanity but they were actually apparently around at sort of the same time to the point where both humanity and the Forerunners were at the same level of technology, give or take, for a while. Like Homo erectus and the Neanderthal. Okay. Yeah, and this was like 100,000 years BC or something stupid. So you kind of go, oh, what changed? Well, basically, the Precursors had this thing called, that they referred to as the Mantle of Responsibility. Because they were the foremost sentient race in the galaxy, they felt it was their job to protect all the other races. You know, cultivate life, life make sure everything was chill. It was fine. But they kind of knew that their days were numbered or something, so they wanted to pass that mantle off. But they took the Forerunners and went, y'all kind of suck. We're going to give it to humanity instead. And the Forerunners found out about this and were suitably pissed. But interestingly, they didn't go to war with humanity right away. They actually went to war with the Precursors and damn near wiped them out. Gotta give credit where credit is due, you know? Doing the thing. But you might go, okay, so how did we get to where we are now? Hmm. Well, the Precursors, in their dying days, created the Flood. The exact creation of the Flood has been retconned a few times. So oh, okay, yeah. So how to many... understand exactly how they came to be. So but... How many origins did they have until they settled on the right one? So, 
depending on who you ask, the flawed was created from this weird powder. And that powder might have been a biological weapon designed by the precursors to enact vengeance upon the forerunners after their death. That powder might have actually been some of the precursors themselves who sort of sacrificed themselves to become this, while others went into sort of weird interdimensional stasis-y type thing. The Flood might actually be forerunners who were corrupted by a sort of weird powdery thing that they were kind of working on for other reasons, but it got way out of hand, and then they just hated. But they also still had that urge to create, which is hence the consuming bit. These guys sound like they're a, a narcotic, but I ain't even specify which one, but all right, go on. The Flood, as it was intended, it literally goes around the galaxy finding sentient organic life and assimilating it and just spreading like this parasitic virus thing. The Cybermen. Sort of, yes, except gooey. I retract it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You put that thought in Interesting. my brain and it didn't need to be there and I'm very upset about it. So this flood being indiscriminate for the most part actually sort of went after humanity at first. Now it's sort of suggested that the flood was only kind of going at humanity like half-heartedly because again the precursors liked humanity more than they liked the forerunners so they could sort of direct the attention of this horrible parasitic monster but there was enough problems that humanity was getting pretty desperate in terms of how to deal with the flood which is to say that they went around and when they came across a forerunner planet that was on the brink of being infected they killed everything on that planet oh yeah they cleaned it up because if everything was dead, there was nothing to infect, and it was fine. So that's what okay. they did. Okay, then. Uh, Nobody I, dies from a disease, so they just die from everything else. Uh, Forerunners, however, just saw humanity killing an entire planet of their people, and went, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so they went to war. <laughs> now humanity was fighting a war on two fronts, the Flood and the Forerunners. Oh, great. Humanity didn't totally get their asses completely rot. Because, again, they were actually fairly balanced, technologically speaking. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they just, they were spread too thin. It, there was too much. Humanity lost. Like the humans and the alien versus predator, bro. There's no hope. Like, you're, you're fucked either way. Yeah. It wasn't a fair fight. So the forerunners, keep in mind the precursors are almost entirely dead at this point. They may or may not exist still as the Flood. The Grave Mind actually claims to be a precursor itself, sort of, which is weird, but whatever. I'm Cthulhu. As punishment for humanity being dicks, they split us up into a bunch of sub-races, which is how we get a lot of the aliens and why a lot of them are vaguely humanoid. Mm. And But now the forerunners have to contend with the Flood. Because, you know... That's still a problem. As you can imagine, this was difficult. The Forerunners actually kind of underestimated them at first. And the more duff the Flood had access to, the more dangerous it became. And so as a result, they kind of had to start doing the go big or go home category. Oh, oh shit, okay. Which is how we got to the Halo Rings. So they did, in fact, use a couple Halo Rings to clear out a few areas on a smaller scale than the galaxy-wide genocide. And for the most part, the Forerunners, a lot of them died. A lot of them fucked off, basically. Like, super far. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. Microsoft seems intent on bringing some of them back because the primary leaders were the Didact, who we find in the glowy ball, the librarian who gives Chief a major glow-up for some reason, oh, and really? this other guy who we have yet to meet, but is out there. He's got a name... That I didn't write down that starts with a D, I think. What how does how does what what kind of glow up are we talking about here? What did what did she do to Chief? What happened here? What goes on? So interacting with forerunner technology is weird. Really weird. Humans can do it better than the Covenant could, but still not very well. Okay. So the librarian shifted some stuff around, played with some things in a way that would have killed damn near anyone else. But because Chief was, you know, Chief. Master Chief, yeah. he survived it. After which point he could interact with their technology to a greater degree. He could activate some stuff. Give him an edge. A little more yeah. And it was very lightning-y. And it looked quite painful, but, you know, Chief's a tough guy. He didn't scream. Hey, Chief, want to get more awesome? Yes. Strap in. As if that was a question. 
I've just realized that I didn't actually finish talking through all of the enemies in the Covenant. So if y'all are up to hearing about my very favorite one, just because I think it's funny. Um, you're asking, you're asking like we have a choice, like, no, just go undo it, man. No, absolutely, go on ahead. So there's this one called The Hunter by, they're hunters, by human standards, and M-G-A-L-E-K-G-O-L-O, Megalicoglolo, <laughs> which yes. are very large, they carry lasers, they mm-hmm. have shields, mm-hmm. and they are made up of a bunch of smaller worms. Excuse me? Yep. Huh? Yep. They are giant, they are made of worms, they mm. have lasers. And they always could travel in pairs, known as Bond Brothers, which means they're bros. I don't like any of everything you just said. Pals, is it gay to be made of worms? Oh, man. I, I'm, thinking, I'm getting an worms image in my head. I just... Best bro. Oh, man. Fun fact. Whereas most of the species in the Covenant, you can kind of either they joined the Covenant at gunpoint, you know, under pressure. They joined because they believed in the great journey or whatever. The political and religious motivations of these fuckers is completely unknown. No one knows why they're doing this. Why they've agreed to this. They're just there. My mind's still stuck on worm being. Is worms. Okay, give me more. The base enemy is called the Ingoy, or Grunts. And they are the cowardliest of cowards. But oh, I know them. You shoot them on level one. You do. You shoot a lot of them on level one. Yeah, and yeah, they only breathe weird gas, which means mm. that you can make them fly around like a rocket. We don't actually know how they joined the Covenant because the Covenant decided no one needed to worry about it, but they're functionally slave race kind of thing. They did have a rebellion at one point and got absolutely kerfucked. And they do not like the Jackals or Kig Yar, who are generally considered assholes with shields and sniper rifles. I like that. I remember fighting them. They have great vision and are also bitches. Do you want to know why the Kigyar and the Ungoy don't get along? They once poisoned a recreational narcotic that the Ungoy use, which nearly caused them to become infertile. Oh, you fucked with my weed. They poisoned their opium and then fuck made them my... sterile. I sprinkled anthrax on your opium. I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> okay. There are also the bugs, drones, the anime. I don't know. There's an apostrophe in there. They're just annoying to hit. They're yeah. mostly fine. They used to do more and do tech stuff, and then the Covenant started kidnapping these floaty bastards, and suddenly they were just flying and annoying. The floaty bastards, meanwhile, often have bombs strapped to them and will explode when you shoot them, which I would say is funny, but also, ah, you know? <laughs> Did we want to go through the weapons and stuff and all, just like their fun names? Yes. Okay. The Covenant vehicles, you have the Chopper, the Ghost, the Skitterer. The, the wait, 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 wait. What's the, what, whoa. What's the ghost? What's the specter? I like these names. So the ghost is sort of like a hovering turret thing. It's awesome. purple. It's small. And you zip around and you shoot things. And you can also do a quick rush to run things over very quickly. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. The okay. specter, what's, what's specter is yeah. an assault transport vehicle. It's actually only in Halo 2, but it's, it's okay. It has a gun, but it's not a particularly good gun. It's just basic laser fire. Okay. The ghost is like a better choice, I understand. Okay. Yeah. The the ghost is nippier, but it is a little bit more exposed. The chopper is pretty fun because basically you're riding... It's got two giant wheels on the front, the back hovers, and you've got guns. There's also the wraith, which is like a tank. You've got the revenant, which is a cross between a ghost and a tank. You've got the prowler, which has just... It's very fast and it's got a turret... A dude who can sit in a turret on the front and is Truly annoying. And okay. truly likes to beat up his nephew. There's the scarab, which you might go, okay, what's a scarab do? How big is it? How big could it possibly be? That is one of the biggest enemies in the game. It's oh. huge. It's purple. It's got giant legs. And it's a boss in that you have to shoot the legs down so it comes down to the ground. So you can jump on board. So you can go to like its power core so you can destroy it and then jump off before it explodes. Oh, like a Metal Gear. Full on. There's also the Phantom, which is like a big transport ship. The Mm -hmm. Banshee, which Red mentioned, is kind of like a fighter jet type thing. Shade turrets aren't mobile, but they're fun. It's just a turret. It's got lasers. Basically, the writers for Halo knew what they were doing when they were developing systems. They gave you variety. They gave you a few options, but not too many. They let you just focus on gameplay. The story, the first three game story was very compelling. 
the latter story kind of got weird because it felt like the stakes had disappeared and they were trying to reintroduce stakes. Okay. And by doing that, they just did that thing where you escalate really hard and everyone's going, whoa, 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 what just happened? And there's only so many times Chief can punch all his problems before he needs to go to, like, a therapist, you know? True. I guess so. A blue waifu, I must kill her. It's a blue space cyber waifu that's infected. Evil cyber waifu. I have a question here right at the end. Seeing as, you know, how Halo and Master Chief has been around for, let's call it the better part of 20 years. 19, 20-ish years. Does Master Chief slash Halo deserve an earned spot in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? What a question. That is a very good question. Do you I'm think not that trying... the Halo franchise has left its place in gaming enough to be a reserved spot in the, the gaming historian tablet that is Super Smash Bros.? I think Chief would actually be kind of a cool one to have because you could give him the energy sword for close contact stuff. You could give him probably an assault rifle for distance stuff. His ultimate could be could include like the Spartan laser or something. Halo soundtrack is gorgeous. Every single game soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal. Like the choral singing they've got there, just this it has this beautiful epic feel with the drums, and that would be fabulous to smash to. And like the music for, for Halo Three Mission Final Mission hmm. of when you're basically kind of escaping and uh, Table had mentioned, yeah. it is. Like, besides the main intro song, it is one of the most lit songs to be driving and escaping. Okay, and I it's like, bet. it gives you hype, like, so It is good. truly iconic. Plenty of very cool potential levels you could go with. Like, I don't know about bringing in deserves a place, but Chief would be very easily adapted, I think. And would be a decent character to play. Okay. Worth mentioning, there are a variety of female Spartans who exist in okay. and stuff. The new head of the Spartan program in 5, her name is Sarah Palmer. She's neat. On Chief, like, personal team, you have Linda 058 and Kelly 087, who are very scary and very cool. Fred 104 is also there, but he's, you know, got a sniper rifle and could kick your ass any day of the week. Don't worry about Fred. Okay. It's all right. Fred's all right. Okay. But there's actually not a huge lack of female characters in Halo. I mean, there's Mm. just a bereavement of characters in general in the games right there's mm-hmm. not a lot of them. there's like five people you talk to maybe and at least one of them's an alien so i never really felt wow there are no ladies here because there's cortana there's miranda keys there's you know there's people but, but, there's like a good representation of both sexes which is really interesting oh, good that's yeah. good and then in the books there's plenty of very scary badass ladies just like there's halsey who is the capital w worst so you began to told us there could always be more POC rep, I think, but that's an ever-growing struggle that we deal with. Perhaps one day. Perhaps one day they'll make Master Chief Black and they'll call him Jamal 117. I mean, you know, he doesn't take hey. off his helmet very often. Yeah, so... This well, is also true. But, you know. True enough. I'm pretty sure we don't, even, we don't know, like, ethnicity-wise of what he nope. is, so... Nope. It is a slight rumor. Yeah. Also, really now? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, and also, like... Coming from our, not our silent protagonist, but like our main hero of a franchise that's been around for so long, this is a genuine question. Would it matter? I think it would. I mean, I, like, after so long playing this character, I mean, at, at least getting to see his face would be like at least some type of payoff, right? Like getting to know who he really was. Like who you connected with. Yeah. Sense. I mean, like, at the end of the day, well, like, imagine if you played through that and, like, he took off his helmet and he was, like, an Asian dude and he kind of felt connected, like, hey, man, this Asian dude wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you you get that feeling, you know what I mean? Like... Or they pull, like, a Samus and it's like, oh, well, It's been a lady this entire time, you know what I mean? Like, something, something. The biggest dupe of all time. Yeah. Master Chief has been Master Mischief, like... Yeah, and John Bowen <laughs> stuff is just a just a label. It doesn't mean fuck all. It doesn't mean it's not even not a masculine name. Who cares? I mean, I think in some of the graphic novels, he's been portrayed as a white kid, but I don't think anyone's married to that portrayal. Yeah. And more importantly, I think it would be more valuable if he wasn't. As much right. as Dark Horse loves the fact that they produce Halo books, yeah, Microsoft could care less about yeah. any Halo thing that's not in their game. And. Here's the thing, right? Why I think that would be significant isn't just for in-universe reasons, but also because of the community that exists Mm. around Halo. Because here's the thing, right? On the one hand, there are some truly awesome people who care about and play this game. There are truly fantastic people who connect over their ridiculously incredible multiplayer system and work with that. 
But this is an online multiplayer game. And while it's not as bad as, you know, Call of Duty's world, there are a lot of people who get not just inappropriate, but completely fucking unacceptable in voice chat. And to look at, you know, these racist, misogynistic assholes and go, Mm -hmm. hey, you've been playing as a black guy this whole time. Maybe you want to stop dropping the N-word? Yeah, you know? Yeah. It'd be a real dignity for all those white supremacist pricks in lobbies, you know? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. the amount of the amount of fanboys that would be sort of shot would be like, what the hell? And then, psh, you know, they're all coming at the frog looking and looking out the window during a rainstorm. When will I... my white power fantasy come back from the war? Fuck off! <laughs> oh, I think it would be worthwhile if only to deal with that aspect of the community. Valid points any, accepted. Any parting thoughts? I really enjoyed Final three questions? and four when I played them when I used to have an Xbox in my house. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not leaving this until you explain Babyface again. Okay. Red, you finish your thought and then I'll get it back into Babyface. That was my thought. It was I really enjoyed them when I played them, but I'm not overly emotionally invested in the franchise. And I thank you very much for like coming here and just laying out the entire, all of everything for us. Oh, it's been a lecture. That's what this has been. But okay. So the Babyface thing. The issue being that when these Spartans were, you know, kidnapped and horribly tormented as children, Mm. they didn't get, like, kept in training until they were adults for when they were put out into the field. So you actually ended up with, like, 15-year-old super soldiers with the body of a tank and the face of a 15-year-old, but, like, spooky eyes because those got augmented too. And there's actually a very good visual at the end of a web series called... uh, unto dawn i believe or forward unto dawn yeah. at the very end where because you follow a bunch of humans for it and like normal folks trying to survive a bad time and they get rescued by spartan and on the ship taking them out the spartan takes off their helmet and the normal folks are just like oh uh because they basically just got their asses saved by children okay. so it, it, there's actually like super social reasons why a spartan wouldn't take off their helmet very often okay and like, like you said, augmented eyes. Like, what are they supposed to look like? Big pupils, a very strange shade of greeny, gray, brown kind of eyes. It's presumably related to better light perception and oh, that kind of thing. Just straight disturbing. So, so, okay, so I'm assuming like I don't know if I could use that word. I was thinking of like enhanced, like just adaptive eyes to be aware of everything. Yeah, sort of. And they've got better reflexes, right? Which means mm-hmm. that they can look at more more quickly. Because they can mm. look from thing to thing kind of faster. Right, right. And right. they've also got a bit of enhanced processing. And if they are aided by an AI, that goes doubly up because the AI can do things and just like tag stuff in their HUD. Oh, mm-hmm. so like so like shouting gun, I get it. No, sort of, yeah. <laughs> but it, nonetheless, they do kind of reference that actually in the YouTube series Red vs. Blue, where they kind of did mention about like how that was worked uh, with the adaptation of the eyes. So that's what I was kind of curious yeah. on how they mentioned it. So yeah. To some extent, Red versus Blue went off a little bit on its own in terms of AI lore, but it yeah. started with the basic concept. That How Halo is that? What, what, what is this Red versus Blue thing I keep hearing about now? Oh, boy. It's okay, a whole okay. thing. So, so are you familiar with Machinima? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Red versus Blue was an early Machinima series that's been going on for A long time. Years. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I, remember, I remember hearing about it when I was like living in Montreal, which is like, like 2012. Oh, it's been going on since even earlier than that. I believe 2004, 2005. Wow, okay. And it was initially just literally filmed with a bunch of people playing in-game, and they would move their heads and then record dialogue alongside it. And you could see the reticle from the guy's gun for whoever was filming it in the early episode. Okay. And the basic premise was, it's a bunch of dudes in a box canyon. You have red team, you have blue team. They are stealing each other's flags. And okay. it escalated very hard. Like, <laughs> they've gone to several planets. They've taken down a government project that was mm-hmm. basically experimenting on AI and soldiers at the same time. They have gotten involved in a civil war that was actually a farce for a evil corporation that was looking to collect a bunch of alien technology from the planet. They have traveled through time. They have, it's a lot. And <laughs> this, you know, the season you know, where they travel through time is a little bit weird 
it's like a random season they kind of did, but yeah. Yeah, there was a season. Here's a lot of what's really crazy is a lot of the early seasons, they just mm-hmm. fucked around. Like they had ghosts in the early seasons. That was okay. just a thing. Yeah, right. But they actually retconned almost nothing and just rolled with a lot of it. Right. So the ghosts end up to not be ghosts, but are actually AI that can project themselves and thought they were humans, but were actually like piloting a robot body the whole time. It's a lot. And also, in an awesome sick twist of fate, they created this game called Griffball, and as of Halo 3, it's been introduced in almost every main series Halo game. They yeah. made up a game that actually became a game type. Wow. Yep. It, it, it literally got so popular because of the channel, and literally was just like, oh, now it's a thing. Thank you for letting me know about uh, Red versus Blue, and thank you for giving me the full course meal that is Halo. Yes, mm. thank you. Every time you made mention, I was just like, "Give me, give me the whole course. Don't, don't spare anything, even the dessert. You give me the dessert too." And you Go did with red. Thank you. You gave us weird gun names, which just are just somewhere between fun and odd, and I like them all. Gave me wicked vehicle names, which always sparked joy. Oh yeah, <laughs> my favorite vehicle is probably the mongoose because it has a horn that you can honk at your enemies. Nice. That is that one. I live. Yeah, I'm on board. I like, I like the ghost. That that's that's the one that um I would be like I'm driving that. The ghost is a very fun vehicle to have most of the time. I bet. That thing that thing you can just like have like little like boost like uh like nitro boost and it's like it's nice to have because it's just so speedy. Well, twelve year old Babby Chino wants to get kidnapped and turn into a super weird baby soldier. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and I think on that note, Beastie, if you'd please. Of course. And that brings us to our final training arc of this UNSC draft. But you can also check out our Twitter at Crusade Nerd. The Instagram is at Nerd Crusade. And we also upload every Wednesday to YouTube. And you can download any previous episodes or listen on your mobile device through the Anchor.fm website or wherever podcasts are found by searching Nerd Crusade. And that's to be continued. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this video, go ahead and button mash a thumbs up. If you want to swing by when we have a new video, web up the sub button. Oh, and while you're at it, hit the bell to be notified by. Oh,